Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. A reminder, if you want to see this podcast, you want to see this podcast, you want to fire it up on your, your smart TV or just your computer, you can do so on a YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. Go there. If you listen to this podcast regularly, even if you don't want to watch it, do your boy a favor. Go there and subscribe on YouTube. If we get the numbers up, um, well, the pick six group will get a pizza party. So we're competing with David Sampson and his little, <laughs> his little minions. Um, that, uh, delightful laugh you hear is the one, the only Jonathan Jones joining us to talk the, what might happen with the NFL. Um, JJ, what's up, buddy? Man, I'm living. I just got done with, took all my vacation at one time. That's what I've always done. Um, you know, because once the season starts, it's on. This is really like an 11 and a half month a year, uh, NFL. So I just take it in one chunk. I'm nice. I'm, re- I'm refreshed. I'm recharged. I'm ready to go for the next like 49 to 50 weeks. Let's go. What did, what did you do for vacation? So, uh, girlfriend and I had planned to travel to New Orleans Ooh. and from New Orleans to Arizona and, <laughs> and from there to hey. LA. Yeah. Followed by so, California and then South Carolina. <laughs> so we just went ahead and canceled <laughs> all of that. And, uh, we just wound up kind of doing a staycation, you know, going out to the lake, going up to the mountains. So it was good. It was chill, but. I'm happy to be back. I need to contribute to society, to the sports conversation, and uh, what better place to do it than right here with you, Will? Mm. Uh, well, there's probably better places, for sure. We'll take it. Um, and, yeah, the, JJ's in Charlotte. It is very convenient. The The beach is not convenient for Charlotte, but mm. the, the lake, like Norman, very close. My uh, father-in-law has a place there, actually. So we, my wife was down there a couple weeks ago. And, uh, and the mountains are actually surprisingly close to Charlotte. People don't know that. You can – Hop up to Asheville and Boone pretty quickly. So I'm jealous of that. Anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about what went, uh, what went down over the weekend. So I think people, there's a lot of, conf- I mean, confusion about exactly what the NFL players wanted. They seem to make it clear, although there's been some speculation. It's financial versus actual, uh, health and safety issues they have. Um, the, you know, we saw superstars, Russell Wilson, JJ Watt, uh, I mean, a, a litany of right. guys from around the, the league. Of the big, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this was not, I mean, the, the, the one, it was almost notable with his absence was Tom Brady not tweeting anything. Um, they all had hashtag we want to play. I like let us play better, but you know, that's semantics. Um, what, uh, what do you think was behind this primarily? Was it health and safety? Was it financials? What do, what do you hear? I think that these guys absolutely 100% want to play football. I am not anticipating very many guys uh, triggering their opt-out clause whenever that is figured out. Uh, and, and that's according to sources around the league. That's according to me going to locker rooms for the last decade and starting to know these guys. Um, 
but and, yeah, and, they, and I would say too the composition of the league as a whole. Yeah, somebody's going to take your job if if you miss one rep at practice, much less you set out of season for legitimate and understandable concerns. But if you're worried, if you're playing through the pain just because you don't want the backup left guard to take your job, like you're probably not going to sit out this season unless uh, those those safety and health concerns are very finite earning window here that people need to understand for these NFL players. Whereas like an NBA player, I mean, like Josh Smith, remember Josh Smith? He got like a $72 million contract from the, was it the Clippers or the Hawks or something? If you, like, like you can get paid as a basketball player fully guaranteed over a lengthy stretch. You can sit on a season and survive it. For some of these guys, it is, it was almost impossible to miss a season. Yeah. I mean, especially when the average contract is three and a half years, especially when these guys are coming out of college and they're going to be obviously cheaper, uh, to replace you, et cetera, et cetera. So. It was unclear what these guys wanted. You know, it was similar to during the CBA negotiations where a bunch of guys came out and said, uh, say no. Okay. Well, no to what? What are your reasons? Is it just no? And of course, obviously the vote was yes or no, but let's hear some reasons. Um, uh, I am not also, well, I'm not entirely sure that this blitz, blitzkrieg of tweets from players motivated the NFL owners, the NFL and the NFL PA to agree to the terms that they got last night. I think that they were already in the red zone on a number of things. I don't want to say they were at the one yard line, but they were knocking on the door. And unless Steve Sarkeesian's the offensive coordinator, they're getting into the end zone. <laughs> and so no, metaphors and Steve Sarkeesian drive-bys. I like it. Like obviously boom. metaphors followed by Steve Sarkeesian, just, just assassinations. I like it. And so, um, but yeah, I, listen, I, I saw it too, Will, on Sunday. It was my last day of vacation, so I wasn't going to hop into the fray on Twitter. But everyone wanted to dunk on the NFL. You've had all this time to figure out everything and all this stuff, and now look at you. They were like 93% of the way there at that point. Now, the players aren't wrong. They want to know exactly what the deal is, when they're going to get tested, what their options are in terms of an opt-out clause. Are they going to be able to protect their families as well as reasonably possible, because that's the other point is that, you know, Russell Wilson fully understand and appreciate what you're saying about your pregnant wife and wanting to keep her safe. But this is not this will never be a zero percent risk like that. That's not going to be the case until we have a vaccine for this virus. It will never be a zero percent risk. And so what you do have to uh, understand is what that risk is, which the players have every right to. And I think that's what we're working toward. And then finally, we're not in the 11th hour. Well, like we're still yeah. seven weeks away from Texans Chiefs, even at the longest ramp up acclimation period window that there is. We're still well within it. And really, we could stretch this out another week and guys could still be healthy enough to play football. So all of those things considered, this isn't the MLB. This isn't, you know, the NBA back and forth right now. Everything's okay, but go out there and get your Twitter retweets and likes. <laughs> well, no, that's a, look, that's a fair point. And uh, to know, I mean, like the NBA was in the middle of a season when this happened. They have to find out a way to to wrap up the season and do it in an expedient enough fashion that they have an off season where they can actually do player movement and these guys don't have to. I mean, it's hard to play fifty games, take a break for three months in a pandemic. Come back right. and play 20 games, then play more games for the playoffs, then take a shorter break, then come back and play another full season. Like you talk about like the, like the wear and tear. This is why, I mean, it, it just wears on you. You can't, nobody can, only LeBron James can do it for so many years. Even your <laughs> guy, Michael Jordan, 
uh, needed a uh, an NBA-imposed gambling suspension in order wow. to re- – crazy. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, by the <laughs> way, uh, I don't know if you saw this, The Last Dance, I noticed this last night, is on Netflix now. Yeah, they had said that early That's on huge. because – yeah, it's great. I mean, I saw it once and I'll be good. You know, maybe I'll check it out again next year, but I'm, I'm good for now. No, I, I started watching the first episode. I was like, I don't, actually, I don't need to see it right now, but it's nice. I, there are a lot of people who didn't see it because they had, you know, like they canceled cable and it wasn't on ESPN plus or whatever. So right, right. I'm letting them know if you want to go watch it, it's on Netflix. It's very entertaining. It's not a documentary. It's, uh, nope. it's just Michael Jordan dunking on people for, for, eight to <laughs> and, and like, fabricating plenty of things sure of course that's what michael jordan's i mean michael jordan's career isn't fabrication but it's there is before social media showed up there's you had this aura of guy like now the aura no longer exists we see the basic nitty-gritty of guys anyway how do we get there um that's my fault i mentioned i mentioned netflix so what do we have from the perspective of things that were implemented daily test daily testing right and then yep. there's going to be, what is it? If you test, all right. So how, what's the entry look like? So you, you get a in? test, uh, and hopefully that's negative. Two days later, you go back, you get another test. Hopefully that's negative again. And now you get to be at the team facilities on day five or six. And now after that, that's where you start strength and conditioning. And then after a certain period of strength and conditioning days, that's where you go to non padded practices. And after that, certain period, you're going to go to padded practices. And we know that there are zero preseason games. And so hopefully you have done, uh, you, you are conditioned well enough to where you're not going to go out there and, and pull or tear your hamstring in the first quarter of week one. Uh, so soft tissue injuries were, were really uh, a concern for all this. And then number two, you're not going to tackle like, um, I don't know if you can cuss on here or not, but you're not going to tackle terribly. Uh, because, because you, Debo just has to bleep it out later. So if you want to cuss, cuss away and we'll bleep it. Okay. I'll consider it for the next time, but I oh, want to sound cool says, when I do it. says JJ can cuss, but not Pete. Okay. Fair, fair. Well, that's, that's how it should be. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I, I, I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, and so padded practices, everybody's going to be able to take good angles and tackle well. And so hopefully you get a decent enough product in week one. Uh, I don't think that'll happen, but that's fine. So, uh, also on the, we, we can get into that in a second. Also, I mean, the league is going to spend $75 million on testing and yep. no preseason games, as we pointed out. I, I, I again, I, I, I like your point about the red zone thing. This, this stuff is pretty basic and obvious. Like this was going to happen. People that are like up in arms, the preseason was never happening. There are no fa- fans don't like the preseason games. Players don't get paid for the preseason games. They're not going to travel and intermingle uh, different teams in different states with different laws about who might or might not be in the stadium and risk that exposure. When you can, you can take training camp and do an extended training camp and create a bubble for your team. Like that's what you have to do. The idea. And so the point, the point is to protect week one, right? Well, it's, right, it's exactly. all about, it, it doesn't matter necessarily. Every, I was texting with a coach about this today. I was like, Hey, given the circumstances, are you okay with no preseason games? He goes, well, I don't have any choice. So yeah. And the, the point is, yes, the preseason does bring in money for NFL owners. And obviously with the revenue sharing deal, about half of that is going to the players. So. They're going to have to figure that out on the back end, what the salary cap is going to look like and all those things. However, the biggest hit to the salary cap is not whether or not 
uh, fans are in the stands, which we know uh, some places there won't be, some places there will be a few. Um, the biggest hit would be if a regular season game is canceled. That's what cannot happen. Mm. You can't start paying back money to your broadcast partners when you don't deliver a game. You can't it, like that. Houston, the Texans don't play in week one. That right yeah. there is a couple million dollars, bare minimum, like probably 10, 10. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's tens oh, yeah, of millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Tens of millions of dollars. If you lose that game and we saw this in March madness, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's weird how it works. And I, I don't know if the, you know, you, there's, there, <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to get into the specifics of it, but the point being <laughs> is that, you know, <laughs> There's a lot of money involved and everybody needs those things to happen. And if the NFL is forced to pay back $15 million to, or $50 million, let's say to NBC for the first game of the season, because NBC loses all its advertising because there's a Corona outbreak and Patrick Mahomes can't play. That is a devastating nightmare to the salary cap. And, and if you cannot deliver that because you guys wanted to have your week three preseason games to make sure blah, 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 that you ended up getting that everyone didn't have to pay back the local broadcast TV yeah. rights or didn't whatever. You look like an idiot. So that's, that's ultimately the point. But here's the other thing, Will, and I've said this on a couple of radio hits since I got back that I want to, uh, it's so easy to dunk on the NFL. And sure. what drove me crazy over, uh, while I was on vacation was when, uh, the chief medical doctor of the NFL, Alan Sills, inform the players that they cannot trade jerseys after the game, that that's going to be prohibited. And I know a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, that's so stupid. What what do you call football? Okay, first of all, football and physical distancing are incompatible. Number Correct. one, we all understand that. But just like they're instituting rules in the break room about who can touch coffee pots, the same principles apply to that as are being applied to preseason, where we are going to eliminate every unnecessary risk of exposure as much as possible. And so if that means that if Richard Sherman um, and and Marcus Peters on two opposing teams that may not share the field that otherwise would have no reason to come in contact with each other, right. if these two guys, the only time they come in contact and one of them happens to, to be positive for COVID-19 is in a jersey exchange or one of their jerseys happens to have COVID on it and you take it back, all of those things, then you have now – had unnecessary exposure also that you could go frame your buddy's jersey like it, it that have like him, that's the point order one There's, off fanatics have him mail you one later <laughs> there are other ways to get the jersey you don't need to do the jersey swap it is a no-brainer it's a no-brainer don't shake hands don't meet in the middle everybody goes their separate ways we're trying to i mean you're trying to minimize contact now can you're right can you do it in in the game of course not these guys are battling like golf they can do it baseball they can do a Pretty good job. For the most part, yeah. Basketball, a little bit tougher. Football, most certainly the toughest. It's the hardest one. Now, I have a a question. I was sort of wondering about this. How is this going to look in the regular season? Like, and this doesn't really apply to week one and and the first game of the season, but, like, let's say it's week five. And the Steelers go down to Miami to play. And I have no idea if they're playing. But hypothetically, they go down to Miami. If you're you're like a 22-year-old newly minted millionaire – I'm not really naming anybody specific. I'm just trying to come up with a hypothetical sure. example. Are, are you staying in the bubble before the game? I mean, or are you maybe going out? Am I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, there are temptations there. Hard. And so the, the thing is, it's just like, it's just like how we're all telling people wear a mask and the mask doesn't necessarily 
protect me. It protects you from me, right? right? And so it's the exact same principle on, hey, I know you want to live it up in South Beach and you want to do this and this is an all new brand new feeling for you. I don't care. Like, stay your ass in the hotel room. That's the only thing that matters right now because the only way that we get from week one Steelers in Miami uh, to week two home game to week three and all that stuff is if you stay in the hotel, you don't have a roommate, you keep a seat between everybody uh, on the plane, you don't take an Uber, you have contact delivery to the hotel, you don't hop into the hotel whirlpool, all of those things. And we are all um, – what's what's the phrase? We're all uh, – rely- Societal we all re- contract. That's right. You have a society co- – you, you have a contract – Together, an unspoken contract together that we're all going to do the right thing. Now, and I, people big mad on Twitter that we talk about too much Corona on this, but you need to understand this is, this is what is impacting. We are trying to lay out what will happen with the season. And I'm not going to go on a rant about how now all of a sudden everybody might be okay with wearing masks because one particular thing changed. I'm not going to do that. You know, that would be insane to suggest that anybody would wait until late July to alert the entire world that they should wear a mask when you had the opportunity to do it for several months. I'm not going to go on that rant. I'm not, you're not going to do that. Okay. I'm not going to do that JJ. Um, but like, yeah, what's interesting is that I think from a football perspective, so people were like, ah, the Patriots are done. Well, you know what, you know, who you know who I trust more than like, if I'm trusting a team to keep their bleat together, and to listen to what the coach says and not have people going rogue, younger younger guys on the team going rogue, it's the Patriots, right? Yeah. I mean, do, do, do you think that that factor makes a difference? And I think was it Bruce Arians or somebody said something like, "Listen, this is going to be like if you don't want to if you don't want to come if you don't want to show up and be a part of the team that don't or maybe it was Mike Tomlin, I can't remember, but somebody said that they're like, look, this is this season more than ever is going to be about are you willing to sacrifice certain things for your team." And maybe right. there's not a whole lot you can do to guarantee it, but minimize, minimizing risk is going to be a big factor for whole teams getting sick. Okay, so obviously no one's in a bubble here with the NFL. And so what comes to my mind is – I don't have the stats offhand, but you know, listeners who are in these cities or in these states can, can understand – um, you can't have, you can't be the, the, the teams that are going to be best prepared, I believe. Okay. You got the Patriots and their doctrines and whatnot. But if you are a team that's in a state that uh, does not have uh, relatively a lot of cases, that's number one. Number two, if your team facilities are located close to where a majority, if not almost all of the players are. So the Atlanta Falcons, for example, I don't know what the numbers are in Georgia, and I don't necessarily care, but a lot of those guys, especially the non-veterans, live in Atlanta where they practice in Flowery Branch 50 minutes north of Atlanta. And so, like, all right, well, now you're in this city, but now you're coming up here and, and, you know, the transportation, all that. And so as as much of a bubble-like atmosphere as can be created with 90 people, 90 men plus coaches and staff who are all out in the real world, as much of a bubble as can be created, those are the teams that are going to be mostly successful. Right. And there is only so much you can do. The NBA has been wildly successful so far at getting, you know, they got the players in the bubble, but I don't think, can you, can you bring your families to the bubble? I wasn't really sure. I I think you can. To be honest, I'm sort of checked out on sport. Like like, (laughs) you're checked out on sports. I mean, sort (laughs) of like, like, I mean, I mean, I mean, like I'm, I found this and I, maybe I, I don't know if I mentioned this in the podcast yesterday. I could have, I, like this is this is usually a pretty like I mean we're ramping back up for training camp but this is usually the stretch the month where it's like there's nothing going on 
Sure. I mean, you know, we're like, there's other sports going on, but I, I guess my point is like, I'm still have hesitant to buy in and, and be all the way Do you in. not want to get burned again? Because are you afraid that sports are going to come back and then they're just going to be ripped from I don't you? Want, I don't want my heart broken, JJ. That's, that's where I'm at. That's right. Mm. Is it um, better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all? Yeah, I think it's better to have never loved at all than you don't know, you don't know heartbreak. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. The, all right, anyway, so let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll discuss more things related to the start of the NFL season. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. So when we talked to you last time, which feels like seven years ago, maybe like a month ago, uh, you had done the three part series for dot com on uh, the season and what it would look like without fans. I think that held up well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fortunately, I mean, and I, if I recall, I I don't even know if I felt this when I read it, but I did, I don't know I don't know what kind of feedback you got, and or exactly when you wrote it. Do you remember if it was like May or June? Uh, I think it, I, I worked on it throughout all of April, and I think we published it the first of May. I you mean, thought I was being alarmist, didn't you? You thought that there was no way. No, 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 not me. I'm saying, okay. I, but I mean, like I, I mean, I, I wasn't even skeptical. I, I was, I think I was at least a little skeptical at the idea of no fans. But I, I would bet that you got a bunch of pushback from people who are like, "You've lost your mind, bro." Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was funny because I started trusting a little bit more my gut and like what, uh, the smarter folks uh, on television who knew what was going on were saying. And that was, I remember in March when this stuff started really, you know, around the time that Tom Hanks and Rudy Gobert contracted, because that was the day, that was the night that everything changed, at least in our country. Right. Uh, and, and certainly in our American sports world. And I remember calling around to different teams and scouts and like, Hey, I don't mean to be alarmist, but are you guys going to still be on the road? And it was like, it was like four hours later that a report came out that the Eagles had pulled their scouts off the road. And remember the Eagles also said, well, we're not doing it because of Corona. And it's like, we're doing it because of it's like, you guys, you, this isn't, you're not losing any machismo, but <laughs> like you can say it's because of this, this virus. Um, but because of that, and I saw the way this was trending and I see that, Hey, we're not going to have a vaccine and Hey, it's still going to be contagious. And Hey, it's still not going to be safe to hang out beside each other in seats that, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there, I, I mean, like I have, and I, I, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm aware of that. Thank you. You don't okay. need to let me know podcast listeners, but please do tweet at Will Brinson. Yes. And let me know that I'm not an epide- epidemiologist, but like, I think that it is perfectly fair and reasonable 
do have, and this goes, this is really more about school, I think, than necessarily playing sports, but like, I have concerns about putting my child in a classroom with hundreds of other, or, you know, tens, 20, whatever it is, the number, like, in, in the same building, breathing the same air with other kids, um, who, you know, again, that goes back to the society contract, but like, I don't know the long-term effects of this. No sure. one does. It has not been around long enough to know them. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's something. I hope it's nothing. That would be great. But I also wouldn't feel comfortable going to a football stadium and sitting in, a, in the stands with thousands of strangers, going to the, like standing in a beer line with the hundreds of strangers and going to the bathroom with, and like, and you know, doing all that entails with going to the bathroom at a professional sporting event. None of that seems remotely feasible or possible or even comfortable for right. me at this point. Now, everybody has a different level of concern with this. And I understand that it varies from, uh, you know, whatever demographic typically with age being the, the key factor there. But I just don't see how uh, with what's going on in different states that they could even conceivably put fans in the stands at more than a 20% capacity max. Right. And at some point, it doesn't even become worth it when you talk about the event staff and the, the money that you would have to, like, uh, you're breaking even. But, okay, you're taking care of the season ticket holders. Right. But you're right. also assuming risk and all that. So here are two things I want to talk to you about, Will. The, the first is daily testing, and the second is a story I just published on CBSSports.com about competitive balance and, and competitive equity. But I want to talk about the daily testing because if – and we know that daily testing is going to happen for the first two weeks – and then once it goes below 5% or once it remains below 5%, then it will be every other day. There is a point where you can test too much because it will start to be, um, it, it won't be effective. So take, take week two of the NFL season. All right. You right. played on Sunday and uh, for the listeners who, who don't know, you play on Sunday, Monday, whether you won or lost, it's a film day. It's a rest recovery day. Tuesday is the universal off day. Unless you play Thursday night football, Tuesday is your off day. And then you come back Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, practice, Saturday, walk through Sunday game. Yep. So if you test every day, let's say you test on Wednesday. Well, okay. You don't know what folks did on Tuesday. Right. You test on Wednesday, but do you not practice on Wednesday? And now you come back on Thursday. And on Thursday, now you're able to practice, but only so many people were were tested or, or so many people were negative or positive, whatever. You're going to lose half of your practice days because you're waiting 24 hours for every test result. Mm. You, can't, you can't do it. And so the but only Tuesday day has to become the test day. No, Monday would be the test day because okay. now Tuesday you're out. And so Wednesday, when you come back, everybody has the results. But, but that's the point. But part of the problem, because Tuesday is your off day. You're asking everybody to not do anything on your off day because until like, you know, certainly, That's right. wait, like if you come back with it and you test negative, it's like, listen, man, you can't go to like a, a re like a restaurant on Tuesday because you just tested negative and we need right. you to stay negative until, until Sunday. If you test positive on Tuesday, you're, I mean, just better not go to the restaurant because you got coronavirus. So That's right. It's. I mean, it's, it's so there. So there's the issue there. And so then J.C. Treader, uh, the Brown Center and NFLPA president on the conference call last week brought up, hey, listen, I'm the center. I touched the ball, got uh, two dudes on either side of me. Quarterback handles the ball, blah, blah, blah. Right. If I test positive and I test positive on Friday. So you've done everything right. But whatever happened, this kid come, came back from school with it. Right. To, sure. to, to Will's earlier point. 
Uh, and so on Friday, on the last day, and so now I test positive on Saturday. And anybody who had contact with me or maybe 15 guys uh, aren't able to play. There becomes a competitive balance issue with this where the entire NFL and really every sort of sport and game that we know is all built on competitive equity and balance that I have as good a chance to win this game as you do Sure. Uh, with everything being equal. When Roger so, Goodell says the integrity of the game and competitive, and ba- this is what are you speaking about that? And it, fans are another issue. We'll talk about that in a second, but you're right. I mean, like if you lose your entire offensive line on Friday because of coronavirus, the competitive balance of that matchup has been thrown dramatically. And that's without even diving into the gambling aspect of it, which. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but, but here's the thing. You would, you would probably, depending on how many guys you lost and how many positions, you would have to forfeit the game or the game would be canceled. So is the game going to be forfeited and you lose or is the game canceled? Now, let's just say that one game out of 256 uh, games, well, one game is canceled. Let's say it's the week 10 game between the Seahawks and the Los Angeles Rams. This is division game. Whoever got it, got it, whatever. It doesn't matter. But that game is canceled. And so at the end of the season, what you have is a 12 and four San Francisco 49ers team. And then you have an 11 and four Seattle Seahawks team. And you have a 10 and five Rams team. How do you figure out who won the division? Because let's say the Seahawks beat the 49ers twice. If they played the Rams and won, they'd been 12 and four as well. They would have won the division. Mm. You can't do winning percentages. They own the head to head, but they played one fewer game. Once one domino falls, everything else starts to fall. We could talk about the number one seed in the playoffs. That could be the difference between a first round bye and home game throughout the playoffs and being the number five, the, the wild card. Well, and, and so once I, those dominoes fall, how do you stop it? But that doesn't even take into account the fact that, like, if let's say you lose enough dudes on a Friday to have to forfeit the game, well, you're not playing the next week. No, probably not. You know, or, or the, you're, I mean, it's I'm taking the, best case scenario. There's just one game just that's one canceled. Game. I almost think in this case, the NFL, I wonder if they thought about this at all. I mean, you would think they have, but like, so they have that trap door built into the schedule. In, right. in the first two months of the season where they could hack out like three or four weeks, I think it is, take it out, bump back week one to October 1st and just run the season as normal. I almost think they need to push the Super Bowl back. This is kind of a crazy idea, but push the Super Bowl back a month or push the playoffs back a month tentatively. Okay. And cause it, it, I mean, like you're not fighting for stadium room, by the way, like scheduling stadium room. There's no, you're not. Not, not in Tampa. You are not. They are very well equipped to have the. the I just Super mean, Bowl I mean, I mean, like 10. in general, like there's not like a, there's not yeah. like a, a. You'll move the Bon Jovi concert in order to there play isn't a, a, bon a whole Jovi, postseason. But, there, but there's not a Bon Jovi concert. That's my that's, point. That's right. Right. That's there's right. nothing. There's nothing to fight because there's no outdoor events. But uh, at least right now. So my point is like you bump the playoffs back a tentative month, and this is kind of an insane moving schedule. But you almost need to have like a couple like empty weeks at the end of the year to fill in the event that some of these games are canceled or like you yeah. have, cause you can't, you can't have one team play four or two teams play 14 games and one team play to your point. You just can't do it. And if you, if, if you lose enough guys that you have to forfeit or the game has to be canceled because both teams have it or whatever, I, I mean, it, there's a, the logistics of this are insane. That's right. That's right. And so uh, I had spoken to one source who told me this is something that uh, had been discussed in league circles in early June, but that it just kind of went off to the wayside because there were more pressing matters. And of course there were at the time, and there still are, frankly, including uh, the opt-out clause 
and then, of course, they still want to figure out the 2021 salary cap. A lot of people are saying, talking about the economics and how they're getting close to that and how um, that this will probably be figured out for the start of training camp. I'm not entirely sure about that because this is a lot of money that's being discussed. And there's no reason that they have to figure it out right now. They can just play the season and figure it out later. But I do think that they're going to have to address this potential issue with competitive balance and equity because it is it is literally the foundation of this entire league. It is the reason that a team in Green Bay, Wisconsin, can compete with the New York Giants year in, year out. How much of a concern do you think competitive uh, – to me, it's not a – it's it's probably like a three out of ten. But I know some people were a lot more worried about it. Brandon Tierney, our colleague, was harp- yep. has been harping on it. and we, But – the idea that, like, you know, I mean, Florida didn't give a crap about anything. They'll do it. Like, they're like, hey, yeah, you want to have 50,000 people in the stadium? Let's go. Let's go. I mean, like, they might be 100% attendance or 70% attendance, whereas we know the Patriots will max out at 20% attendance for the entire season. From a competitive balance standpoint, uh, where does that rank for you? It, it ranks at, like, a one. Yeah. Uh, because here's the other thing. Denver uh, is the only team that plays in the altitude that they play in. That's Seattle, true. Seattle year in and year out travels more miles than every other team. There are certain elements to this game that, that are unfair on its face that we have also agreed to and said, eh, okay, I get it. Chicago Bears, they can only fit 55,000 people in their stadium. Meanwhile, standing room only at a Cowboys game is 90,000 people. We never talk about, wow, it's louder and blah, blah, blah. There's 40,000 more people. And so because of that, yeah, it's going to stink. But does that ultimately shift what happens on the field so much that we then dispute the the end result? I don't think so. And I think home field advantage has been uh, for a, for the past couple of years has sort of been like it's it's not as yeah. and RJ White's pointed this out. It's not as impactful as it used to be in, Correct. in, in older days. Um, uh, but I do I do think it matters. So like if you're betting on the Chiefs and Texans game. And you want to bet, like, you know, maybe you think, hey, you know, I think the Texans can hang. I know the Chiefs are 10 point favorites and they're going to blow them out, but the Chiefs are not going to have a full crowd at Arrowhead Stadium. And so you have to decide how much of their home field advantage, if it's 2.3 points for every home game, how much do the fans equate into that? And because we don't have any sort of, of sample size to draw from, it is a complete guess. There's, there's no, well, you know, seven years ago, they did this. I know Patrick Mahomes was in high school. However, they did this in front of no fans. There's, there's no way that you can figure that out. Yeah. Um, okay. So, oh man. Yeah. With the preseason thing, what do you think they're going to try and do about like undra, like fringe roster guys, undrafted free agents who make their hay? I mean, are they just screwed. I don't think so. Just because again, this, this coronavirus thing is very real. Uh, again, and guys are going to get it. And once they get it, they're going to be out for at least a week. And I think each team is going to be very wise to just have their list ready of, all right, you've been in our system. You know what's good. Come on over. Well, other teams try to poach that player and try to pay him a little bit more than the league minimum, of course. But I think more than anything, this is where your pro and college scouts and the college scouts also have no clue what they're doing. I texted with a number of college scouts yesterday as I got back to work and they have no direction from one, the league, because they're still there. There are no travel allowed. And then number two, where are you going to go? 
what college is going to let you come in there? And every college has a different set of rules and blah, blah, blah. And if you've paid any attention, you all understand this. Well, and this is so, who lives in North Carolina. You literally can't go to New York unless you quarantine for two weeks. So what do you like? That's right. You're not going to run up to Syracuse and shit. You know what I mean? It's not going to work. Yeah. The, the, the days of the 220 night a year in a hotel scout, that ain't happening this year. No, it's really not. Uh, I, I don't. How many games do you, all right, let's say hypothetically you're a beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer covering okay. the Carolina Panthers. How many games would you anticipate being at the stadium for in 2020 right now? Well, I would, here's what I keep saying, Will. I am a hundred percent sure the season is going to start. Yeah. I am, I am 95% sure that week one is going to happen on time. That that the Texans and Chiefs are going to play on that Thursday night, what is it, September 10th, yeah. that it's going to happen. I, after that, once it starts getting colder, once we get into flu season, I, no clue. All I, I, for the whole country on everything. In, in, on, on everything. Look where we were two months ago compared to now. And so I, we would be arrogant to even assume that we can anticipate what this is going to look like in October. And so I'm going, not going to make an attempt. However, I do think that there is enough momentum. I do think there are enough safety, safety protocols in place. I hope that it, 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 things aren't so bad. And that this may also be uh, a little optimistic of me or pessimistic, depending on which way you look at it, that by September 10th, we'll maybe things are still bad like they are now, but we can still kick off. But I, I, I don't know. I, I would set the over under for a Panthers beat writer attended games total at nine and a half. I think, I think they'll go, I think they'll go to every home game. A lot of virtual for travel. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think they'll do, I'm, I'm banking on eight home games. Maybe, Atlanta. maybe you drive to Atlanta. Exactly. Right. I, I don't know if you, I mean, I can't see Joe Person huffing it down in his car to New Orleans. Uh, he would do it because he is as dog at a beat writer as there no, is. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, you know. <laughs> I know, I know, Joe's my homie, and so I gotta throw that in there. Yeah, he's my guy. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking like, I think most of these media, and look, this is a pretty convenient spot for, I mean, media organizations are hemorrhaging cash too. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like, hey, look, you know, we, we could save a ton in travel here by having, Guys, just watch the games from home because there's not going to be a ton of locker room access. If well, any- there's not going to be any locker room. Right, access. exactly. It's all so, going to be virtual. So, yeah, right, I so- mean, you're you're going to look for an edge in some way. You still want to show up to practice. So, I was texting with one uh, NFC team earlier today who said that there are going to be ten media members per day at their training camp practices. There's going to be a pool videographer and a pool photographer. That is included in the ten. Now there are eight other spots. And when you think about any sort of market of any size, really outside of Jacksonville, sometimes Charlotte, when there's no Cam Newton. And, oh, what do you know? There's no Cam Newton. Yeah. Um, I mean, in a training camp practice, there could be four times, five times as many people, um, oh, yeah. just, you know, non-videographers and non-photographers. So it's going to be a real dog-eat-dog rat race there to figure out who those eight are going to be day in and day out. Well, and, you know, there are situations – you know, and I, I guess th- maybe it feels a little easier league wide. There's not a pressing, insane situation, but let's, I mean, somewhere like Pittsburgh, where you have the athletic that sends multiple people, the Post Gazette sends multiple people. There's a, you know, like, uh, Jim, I think Jim Wexel does like the 24 seven site. Yeah. 
you know, you have independent sites that are created or, or Boston, a great example, right? I mean, like Absolutely. Boston Globe has multiple beat writers and, and columnists who want to go to practice. They have like Tom Kearns at CSN New England. Um, you know, they have like Mike Girardi, who's local there and, and works for the NFL network. You have our own Tyler Sullivan. Tyler Sullivan, right. CBS Sports is Tyler Sullivan. You have, uh, Greg Bedard, who has the Boston Sport. Like, there are a ton of organizations. So you sort of have to figure out, is this going to be, like, do you give the Boston Globe, you know, every, it, it's going to, every mean, day, every other day. Is it a coin right. flip? Is this a lottery? All of those things. There, and like, what days, a are, lot of, what days are Belichick, what days is Belichick talking? What day is Tom Brady? You know, how do you, oh, Cam. sort of, yeah, what days Cam Newton? Right. Did I say Brady? Jeez. Yeah. Um, it's been a long, yeah. I mean, you even said Cam Newton five minutes ago. Uh, but the point is, like, there is a lot to parse out, and maybe that's too inside baseball. I don't know, but man, that's. I think, I think fans will, well, because every, it's funny, when I was a beat writer covering the Carolina Panthers, the month that I got the most followers every year, year in and year out, it was the really? last week of July to the last week of August. It was training camp, it was training camp updates. I'd get flooded, thousands of followers, and then I wouldn't get a follower again until the next training camp, or so it seemed. Um, and that was back when I cared. But that that's the point is that like most writers sort of make their hay in terms of training camp. And if you don't have access or you have access every other day, uh, it's going to be difficult. And, I, and I'll only say this and I'll hop off the soapbox right now. But I do hope that once everything does get back to normal, that the media rights are restored. And I know that listeners don't necessarily think that they care about it. They certainly should care about it, that uh, insights that they like to listen to from podcasts like this, from CBS Sports HQ, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, a lot of that is based off our interactions in the locker rooms with these guys. And, you know, once you sort of lose those rights, it's really difficult to get them installed back. So I'm oh, very oh, hopeful. Teams, you're going to have teams who are like, whoa, whoa, whoa we like this. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You're telling me I can do a Zoom call with these mofos instead of popping up here and saying on to Cincinnati 42 times? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, you're gonna, like, you will lose a lot of information coming from teams without open locker rooms. Because yep. they're guys who have covered the teams for so long that they know who to talk to. They do, and, and those guys were willing to talk to them. You're right. That would be a, that would be a tricky situation. You know, I think about like our friend Jordan Rodriguez, who was on the podcast, uh, talking Rams. She's never met anybody. Yep. Yeah. You know, she's on a new beat and she's doing it via Zoom and you can establish stuff that way, but it's, you know, that it'd be one, it's one thing if you're, you know, like Joe has been in Charlotte for a long time. He yeah. knows, he knows everybody. He's not going to not be able to develop relationships because he's just been there. Well, long. it's also difficult. They have a brand new, uh, coaching oh, yeah. staff. That brand, I mean, it's yeah. every, a brand new quarterback. So it's really, it's not the same. Yeah. That's um, good point. You know, there's, there's no more Greg Olson's or Cam's or Mike Tolbert's or Josh Norman's. I mean, everybody that was on outside of the long snapper and Shaq Thompson, there's nobody from the 15 and one Carolina Panthers. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. And, and that turnover happens constantly in the NFL. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out, but I agree with you. That needs to happen. Uh, all right. I think the only other thing you mentioned the salary cap, just to circle back to that. One more aspect of the finances that I'm curious about. And this is what we sort of referenced off the top. The players, these NFL players were, I mean, Mike Florio had a piece where he's like, these, the players are worried. Even the guys with fully guaranteed years are worried that the season is going to get chopped down and the NFL is going to attempt to not pay out the full schedule. How do you think that will play out? That so the the NFL owners absolutely in their infinite wisdom, all the CBAs they've negotiated before, they look like absolute fools not having a force majeure. How do you and not have it? I mean, it's incredible. 
And when I was talking with sources, a lot of sources Nothing on the plate. Old enough to see the 1918 Spanish flu. You got to know this is coming. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I was talking with folks on the player side of things who wanted to keep that quiet because they didn't want to brag about it during negotiations. And I'm obviously I'm talking about the union side. They were like, yeah, yeah, we won that one. Everybody said we lost the CBA, but what do you say now? Give <laughs> justification, baby. Suck it. Right? Because on, and, and, and it's true. If that CBA did not get ratified, can you imagine what we'd be? There would not be a CBA right now. Now, they'd play the season. It'd be an uncapped year or whatever. But my goodness, what February and March would look like. And so at least they have labor peace for the next 10, 11 years. Now, the salary cap. There's there's one idea that you know you borrow from future years and you smooth it out. The thing is that the salary caps at 198.2 million dollars. Everyone, everyone uh, benefits from the salary cap staying the same in 2021. Yes, and you know, and, and certainly not taking a dip because team owners and their coaches and general managers have built their teams in their own visions. And if you say, well, salary cap's 150 now due to the formula, I can't lose $40 million in cap space and roster space. And the players obviously don't want that to happen to them either because goodbye to the $5 million a year linebacker, we're either taking a rookie or your Bobby Wagner. And that's it. And and just as a fans don't want this either. Because trickle down effect will be much worse football if there is much less money to spend on players. And so now the issue is, well, somebody has to fill the hit. And I'm hearing from some of our media brethren outside of CBS who are like, well, you know, the players need to, uh, need to burden some of this, need to carry some of this, shoulder this. Uh, no, they don't. No. Because first of all, they voted with, on a collectively bargained agreement. That's number one. Number two, uh, you signed the contract and everybody understands what the terms of those contracts are. Okay. And then finally, number three, I understand that these NFL team owners got into ownership either because they inherited it or they wanted to own an NFL team. And either way, it's a gigantic money-making experience. But if anybody has a 401k and saw what happened to the stock market and to your 401k over the last couple of months, you understand that sometimes sure things aren't sure things. And we all understand that sometimes assets do not perform. And just because you've been making money hand over fist every single year, even if your team goes four and 12 every single year, that doesn't mean that during a pandemic, you still get to make money hand over fist. And so that's the point of owning the team. You get to be in that club of 32 men and women, but then you also uh, get to enjoy the, the tens and hundreds of millions of dollars every year. But in a pandemic, you don't get it. But the guys who are out there on the field who are making sure that you don't hemorrhage money, yeah, they should still get their money. Well, and, and you know, part of the problem is a lot of these guys who signed, uh, like a, as an example, there's a player, let's say a player takes much more in fully guaranteed money down the stretch in base salary versus taking a big signing bonus to help out the team, which mm-hmm. happens all the time, right? That's right. To help make the salary cap easier. And so they don't have this cat, you know, because the, the signing bonus is prorated over the course of the contract and it makes it harder to cut them and it makes it a pain in the ass for the salary cap, yada, yada, yada. So the, these teams have asked, you know, these players are taking that. Well, like all of a sudden, like Russell Wilson's going to get three quarters of his money that he was guaranteed for this year because of a pandemic, even though they don't have force majeure. I, I mean, and force majeure, if you don't know, is act of God, which means, you know, pandemic pops up, whether it was actually an act of God. And we don't have to pay you. Right. Exactly. Um, the, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's dicey. Like, it, let's say there's 12 games. What happens in a 12 game season? And the other thing too is that 
they have the NFL is in this weird spot because let's say Russell Wilson, or let's say better example, uh, Yannick Ngakwe decides that he is concerned about his family's health and well-being, and he does not want to come to training camp because of the coronavirus. Now, most of us are not going to believe that that's why he's staying away. He's staying away because he got franchise tagged. He doesn't want to play for the Jaguars. However, he states that publicly. Are yeah. the Jaguars then going to fine him? Because they can under the CBA. And so that's, I, right. and that's an extreme example. But if somebody doesn't feel comfortable coming into camp, is the team in the league going to enforce this in the CBA in the middle of a pandemic? That's tough. These, these, these all have to be good faith negotiations. Right. And so to your, to your earlier point about if there are 12 games, do you pay that player all 16 games? Well, you are contractually obligated to. However, if that player, because then if NFL team owners then get that leg up, you now have seeded some high ground. If you were the NFL players association where you say, well, it was in the contract. You got to pay us for all 16, even though we didn't deliver. And so now you paid out that money for games, and now the NFL owners also had to give that money back to broadcast networks because they didn't give the games that they had promised. And so now what you are faced with is an Armageddon situation in 2021 with the salary cap, where the owners now have a leg to stand on saying, we paid you for games that you didn't participate in. We had to pay for games that we couldn't deliver. Now you still want the salary cap at $198.2 million. And so now that puts the players in a much tougher situation where I think a lot of fans, a lot of fans would be like, uh, yeah, guys, you got paid to not work what you doing here yeah if 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 players get paid for 16 games in a 12 game season just as a hypothetical they will have they will have I and mean, fans already want to side with the, the owners anyway that's just how for whatever reason they do well, the, yeah. the nfl has made football a uh like it's like the post office it's like considered like a utility you know it's like <laughs> it's like yeah like you know the like it's just the local team it's, it's like it's actually a private enterprise anyway um the the fans will 100% side with the player, with the owners, if the players right. play 12 games to get paid for 16. But then it's like, what do you do with the, you know, or who are you cutting when that salary cap gets to a weird spot? Right. I, so it has to be good faith. Yeah. It has to be that societal contract. We all have to say we are in this together. We're tied at the hip. Yeah, you're always trying to get one over on me. I'm trying to get one over on you. But if we work together, we will build generational so, wealth forever and ever. Do you think that what the owners did, because this is what people are asking, is like, what's the, where's the other shoe? Do you think what the owners did with the preseason, all that stuff was partially good faith? Like, all right, let's just get this done. Or do you think they're I, like, all right, we're looking for some kind of angle here? Uh, some of that, but again, ultimately, because there are, there are, are literal billions of dollars at stake, I think the owners understood, guys, we, we just, let's, let's just get to week one. And whether they were looking to, hey, we gave you that olive branch. So now what about us? Maybe. And can they play that card? Sure. But then also the players can look at them kind of like that meme. Like, now, you know, <laughs> you, you know that you aren't going to get to get any preseason games anyway. Right. Yeah. You, it's like, really, let's like, let's not play this up as like, we're noble men of honor who are canceling the preseason. It wasn't ever happening. You know? That's right. Uh, all right. Jonathan Jones at J Jones nine, J Jones nine or J Jones nine? J Jones, J. Jones nine. J Jones nine. Glad to have you back from vacation. Going to talk with you. Check out uh, what's the art- the article up on the site right now is yeah on competitive balance and what happens when the competitive balance is thrown out of whack. Good stuff as always, buddy. Uh, oh, the link is in the bio. The link is in the uh, description of the podcast. So there you go, Debo. All over as always. Talk to you soon, pal. Appreciate it. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present a Mountain of Zen. 
Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.